This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi, from California. Hi, Mom, from New York City. How are you? Good. We're going to be doing uh, a New Year's show today, and I I think it's really important for people. You know, the New Year comes, and uh, you've had a loss, and I want to say that first year, you're just having to live it, and it's tough, isn't it, Heidi? It's really tough, and I think sometimes people tell you or you assume that if I get through the first, then it's somehow going to be easier, and that that actually is not always true. Uh, Yeah. You know, so those firsts, like you said, are very, very hard to get through, and uh, it is a tough time, and our heart goes out to you if you are in those first couple years. Yeah, the second year can be tough, and I always tell people it's a real paradox because the reason the second year is tough and it surprises people is because they're actually getting better and stronger so they're able to actually take in more. So it can be really painful and a surprise. Hang in there during this new year. And, and we've got a great guest today because our guest is going to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that you can do during this new year. And maybe you can pick up some ideas and tips and don't go too overboard with those resolutions. I'll have to say that. I think everyone would agree with me. Keep it simple and take care of yourself, particularly in those new grieving years. So hi, do you want to introduce our guest? I would love to because... Dr. Ken Druck, who is on our show today, is going to talk to us about how we can create greater joy every day, even if we've suffered great loss and adversity. And I think that's really important when you're in a place where you really do not know how you're going to survive because the pain is so great. So let me go and introduce one of my absolutely favorite people, Dr. Ken Druck, and he is one of the nation's pioneers in personal transformation since founding the Jenna Drug Center in 1996, he has become a beacon of hope and a lifeline for thousands and thousands of families who have suffered a loss. Dr. Ken has been called on to assist after tragic events such as 9-11, Columbine, and Hurricane Katrina, to name a few. His new book is The Real Rules of Life, Balancing Life's Terms with Your Own. I think Ken is a rock star in the field, and he fills stadiums with his message of hope and finding hope and joy after loss. And he, as we always say, Mom, not only talks the talk, he walks the walk, and we are so thrilled to have him here today. Hi, Dr. Ken. Welcome. So good to be with both of you. You know, you're two of my favorite people in the world as well, so it's so good to be with both of you. Well, the same goes for you, Dr. Ken. We absolutely adore you and all the work you're doing in, in memory of Jenna. Can you talk a little bit about Jenna? Tell folks that don't know your story. Uh, Jenna was truly the most remarkable person I've ever known, and I've met, I've been lucky enough to meet some remarkable people in this lifetime, but Jenna was truly a radiant light, and uh, from the time she was a little peanut, she was doing remarkable things, and she was my teacher, and now she's my angel teacher. Now she's, uh, you know, people say, how many kids do you have? I say, I have two kids, I have an earth daughter and an angel daughter. And Jenna's my angel daughter. She's also the chief angelic officer, the CAO, of the Jenna Drug Center, where we, uh, where we help a lot of families who've suffered losses. In San Diego, by the way, yep. California, my neck of the woods. Well, yeah. I want to talk, yeah, I want to talk a bit, little bit about your book, The Real Rules of Life. You have quite a few rules there. How many are there, Ken? You know, there, 
there are 23 uh, rules, and even though we've been focusing on just a few central core rules, and rules are really just a way of saying, you know, they're, that those of us who have been kind of living the way life really is, those of us who've been visited by an adversity or a tragedy, it's kind of a wake-up. There are different ways to wake up in this life. It, this is a rude awakening where we find out how life really is, that life has its own terms. So the real rules of life is really about, all right, what are life's real terms? What are life's terms? And how do we create these, how do we fight our way back into life and create a good life and deepen ourselves and make ourselves the higher, better version? Well, one of the rules I really resonate with is this idea that life is not fair. Because, wow, Heidi, don't you feel like that life should be fairer or whatever when you've had a loss? Absolutely. I mean, after Scott died, I felt like, you know, wait a minute. I didn't realize that, that bad things happen to good people. I don't understand why this is happening to me. It doesn't feel like it's happening to anybody else. Why did I lose my brother and not somebody else? So, Ken, what do you say to me when I say life, you know, should be fairer? You know, you know most of the time we meet people who are in the moment of realization. You know, it's it's the first anniversary, and we know that first anniversary year, the shock begins to wear off, and the reality begins to set in that our loved one is not coming back. And it's like, you know, something this really sucks. This is awful. This is terrible. This is this pain is not going away, and uh, I'm going to have to figure something out here. And one of the first things we have to figure out is that, you know, life isn't fair. It's never been fair. Um, life is life that we don't get to play God, that we don't really understand how things work, why bad things can happen to good people. Most of us have this, we, we think we have a deal, we have an arrangement that if we're just good people, we do good things and we take care of our kids the right way or we love our brothers and sisters, you know, that everything's going to work out. And when it doesn't, we, we just don't know where to turn and what to do. And the truth is, that life's terms are such that life is not going to be fair. It isn't going to make sense. And that some of us, despite all the good we've done, are going to find ourselves at the bottom of pain. Well, you know, we did a TV show with you that people can go online and see at opentohope.com, TV show on loss of a child where Ken talks about these things. But we had a couple of emails from that show, Ken, and I think Heidi's got one to read. I do. Okay, Ken. Uh, this is from Bud in Rexburg, Idaho, and Bud says, Dr. Ken, I'm mad as hell that my only son died. When I watched the Open to Hope show, I heard you say that you were also angry after your daughter died. How did you let go of your anger, and how long did it take? Well, it's such a great question, because we're, we tend to be an anger avoidant in a conflict avoidant society. So when people get angry, we say, no, just fold your hands and legs and be a good griever sit quietly when in truth something inside of us is exploding we want to we want to wail we want to cry out we're this this is terrible this is bad i object whoever's the casting director are you listening to me you know my son this is my only son how could you do this and we mm-hmm. we need to what i call object we need to find constructive outlets and we're not carrying it inside of our bodies where it's going to eat away at the walls of our heart. It's going to eat away and it's going to make us into dull or angry people. We need to find constructive expression. Constructive means that you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, but you're getting it out. You're releasing it, whether you're a car screamer 
or a dish breaker, or you take a plastic bat and you pound a pillow. We need constructive outlets for that anger and that objection. Now, how long did it take you? You said you were angry, and what did you do? You remember back then? I remember one one incident where I was down walking by the ocean, and I was an ocean screamer. I found that it was safe for me to go down by the ocean. Nobody could hear me, and I could just let it out. You know, I could mm. rail and rage at God because I blamed God initially. Mm-hmm. It's like, how could God let this happen to my daughter? And uh, I needed to, to say everything I needed to say and to get angry until I realized that God was crying with me. But I never, ever would have come to that point if I hadn't gotten some of this out. We have these brilliant emotional systems. They're as sophisticated as our respiratory system, our circulatory system. Our emotions are designed miraculously to to show us how to vent, how to get these feelings out, not how to stuff them, not how to become numb and dull repress, hide, avoid, deny them. We need to learn how to express them. And also, you can have health problems. Exactly. I mean, you can you can actually have heart attacks. Exactly. You can have health problems. Uh, stress over time, you just cannot cannot keep that going. Well, uh, another thing you have as far as your rules go, or closure is a myth, and we had an email from somebody on that very topic. Hi, do you want to read that one? Sure. It's from Jennifer in Morristown, West Virginia, and Jennifer says, my eight-year-old son drowned two years ago. I still talk about him and miss him a lot. Everyone keeps asking me, when, I, when do I think I will have closure? It upsets me when friends and family ask me this question. I don't know how to respond. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the same messaging. You know, those of us who are grieving, are, we are so sensitive. Our threshold for picking up anybody else's message, their message of get over it, get on with it, Uh, Get under it. Get around it. Do something. Because you're making all of us feel very uncomfortable. And unfortunately, we don't live in a grief-literate culture or a very grief-sensitive culture. And often it's our own families that are the ones sending us the message that we should be over it. Well, you know what? Our hearts don't operate inside of a time, progressive time frame. Our hearts heal when they heal and as they heal and in the time frame that they heal. So at the time that we most need understanding and patience and kindness and support from those around us, we're offering getting, getting this message of closure. Get closure. And why are we getting pressure to get closure? Because we're making, because other people feel helpless in our presence. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to say to them, you know, I can see how helpless you feel in my presence and I can see how much you love me and want to take my pain away. But the truth is, this takes as long as it takes. Yeah, and people also want us to be the people that we were, the people yeah. that they knew, and they don't realize that that's not ever going to happen. We are never going to be the same people that we were. What's your thought on that, Hyde? I totally agree with you. We, we have to go on and find a new normal because we do change in profound ways, and they're not always just negative. They're not negative necessarily. We just change in profound ways after somebody we love has died, so we go and we find our new normal. And the other thing I want to say is, and we say it all the time, is, Closure is for bank accounts, not love accounts. We don't have closure. We just continue our relationships with those that we've loved and lost in, in new and different ways. Mm-hmm. And by the way, guys, are we doing incredible work in the world when terms that we have been, that we invented, 
that we have been nurturing, things that we've incorporated into the language of this country, are now being picked up by Hollywood television, where we have a new show on television called The New Normal. You know? It's, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, and, and I, wherever I go, I, hear, I start hearing now about grief literacy or living mm-hmm. losses, but the things, the ways that we are, that, you know, and you guys have been so amazing. What a force the both of you are in the field, helping people make sense and create language for what they're going through, and that languaging is slowly filtering its way out to the larger culture where I think we are becoming a more educated society and a more sensitive society when it comes to understanding how we can honor and support those who are grieving. Well, you know, Bean is the new year coming up. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how our listeners can create greater joy in their everyday life. And I know you've written an article about it. Why don't you talk about that? And then before we close the show, tell them how they can get that excerpt. Well, first, first of all, the, people can pick up a copy of the book. They can just go to Amazon.com and they can order the book. And uh, it's also in Barnes and Noble. And we had a big uh, book signing at Costco. Some people are finding it in some of the Costcos. But I think the easiest way is probably Amazon.com. And if people are interested in this article, they can go to a, a website. I'll give you the website at the end. But uh, because an excerpt of my new book has been printed on this website. But anyhow, you know, the first thing we've got to do is realize that from heaven and from the bigger picture of whatever this life in this world is, there is no such thing as a new year. This is just the passage of time. And yet sometimes we, we emotionally assign all this activity and importance and relevance and meaning. And there are times in life where you know what, it'd be best to skip what we call an angelversary, the death of a loved one. You know, it's best to just kind of plan very lightly on that day and, and pass over it. Think about the day afterwards. Don't charge up emotionally. Don't build up all this activity and expectation. This is a time to be gentle, kind, decompress, keep it simple, as you said before, Heidi. You know, mm-hmm. to take it really easy. That At the core of any survival program for an anniversary or a new year is self-compassion, kindness mm, I like that. towards yeah. ourself, ease, no pressure. There's nothing that has to be done. There's no sense of urgency. There's just you nurturing, supporting, taking care of yourself, being gentle, and doing the things that give you energy rather than deplete you. Well, 90% of the time, I've always found uh, that the events leading up to it is is much harder than the day turns out to be. Have you, Heidi? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, the key to, to how do we, you know, those of us that have suffered losses, it's like, do I even deserve to feel good? Do I even deserve to have joy in my life anymore? How dare I have a good time? or enjoy New Year's, or enjoy the holidays, or ever enjoy anything ever again, you know, when my daughter has died, and she won't be enjoying it. And, and yet, the way we honor those we love is to make our life an expression of our love, not of our pain, of our well, love like for them. And I think that on a spiritual level, what started as love, that became sorrow, 
the deepest sorrow that became pain seeks to become love again. It seeks to become the expression of love. Because you know what? We all die. We're all here having a human experience, and we're all going to be here for a while. The bigger picture is the spiritual picture. And not that I understand it. It's so much a mystery to me. But we all need to feel our way into that spiritual side of life where we stay connected to those we love, where we connect with our own sense of ourselves as part of history. And I know that sounds a little abstract and a little like kind of California, but I think it's still really important. <laughs> So in this new year, if you had one piece of advice for those folks out there, what would it be? I would say the, probably the advice is not to load up and make it a big deal. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Do something loving and nurturing for yourself first, because you have to take care of you first. And then do what you, with the energy you have left over. Do something kind for those people in your inner circle. Uh, that allows them and helps and supports them to move through this ritual celebration we call the New Year and the holidays and move through into January with ease and continue to do all the good things you've been doing to help yourself survive, especially if you're in this first year of loss. All right. Well, thank you, Ken. That's great. And what a great thought for everyone and your uh, sweetheart. And tell p people where you can be seen. You're going to be doing some things with John Welchums. That yeah. Tell them about your website so they yeah. can find where you, you are. You know, people can just go onto the website. First of all, you should know that um, Heidi and Gloria, that the three of us are partners in good and that we're all doing programs and we all support each other's programs. So if you're supporting this wonderful show, and all the good work they're doing, then you're supporting me as well. And we're all tied together. If you need to find out, you want to find out about my schedule or my book or anything that, uh, that I'm doing, you can just go to kendruck.com, www.kendruck.com, or you can go out to my Facebook page, Dr. Ken Druck, and you can see what a maniac I'm acting like lately. <laughs> running all over the place like a crazy person because I'm promoting my new book and you know so I have to be a crazy person for a while but it's actually it's actually a fun ride and um, and I thank you guys so much for having me you're such generous and gracious hosts and I thank you again for having me thanks Ken it's been great having you on the show today yeah thank you so much Ken for everything you're doing and I love that you're a maniac because there are so so many people in the world that need your message, and I know that's what drives you, that and your daughter's memory and the tribute you're paying to her. And I love that you said, make our lives an expression of love for those that we've loved and lost, and you truly are doing that. Thank you so much, Ken. Hope to see you soon, Ken. Bye-bye. Well, Heidi, what a great show. Isn't Ken great? Oh, I adore Ken. Because he, he really, this is his calling in life. And he is touching so many lives and bringing so many people hope and throwing them a life raft and saying, look, you will eventually find hope again. And like we always say, lean on Ken's hope, my hope, and Gloria's hope until you find your own. Absolutely. We want you all to know out there that you are not alone. And take care of yourself during this new year. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. 
Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.